Well, it started like any other morning. It's a school day in third grade. My parents come in and woke me up. And then a few minutes later, they had to come and wake me up again. Only this time I, I actually got to realize I had to get myself ready. I wiped the sleepies from my eyes and I made my way down the hallway and enjoyed the mic popping all the way down. Just kidding. I don't even know, man. But here's the deal. So I'm walking down. I'm like, all right, it's time to go. And then as usual, as our custom was in our house, we went ahead and went uh, down to the, to the kitchen table. And my mom always made breakfast for us. And so whether it was putting out boxes of cereal or most days it was cooking some sort of egg or something like that, we sat down. But before we ate, my dad opened up the Bible and he read us our devotional that morning. And then we prayed and then we went in and we started eating. And as we started eating breakfast that morning, like I said, it was just, it was great. Just thinking about the day. Got done with breakfast. My brother and I grabbed our stuff and we started heading to the car because it was time to go to school. Midweek even. So got to go to school. And so as we had to go to school, uh, we hop in the car and realize uh, that, all right, here we go. And we're getting kind of ready to go, thinking about the day. And, um, <laughs> and uh, we, we pull out and we start driving. And my school, I went to St. Mark's Lutheran School, third grade. And uh, as we were headed off to school that day, we, we started down our usual path. And then all of a sudden we took a turn. A turn that I hadn't anticipated, a turn that we didn't take, but I didn't think that much of it. A little kid doesn't pay too much attention to what's going on uh, in the uh, driving realm of things. Really? Stop. Okay? Behave. All right, there we go. Can I put it back? Okay, here we go. Nope. It's awesome. I love it because the first services, we're online. So if you're on with us today, welcome. Glad that you guys are with us. I'm telling my story. So anyways, we get in the car. We get going. And um, just unplug. Thank you, Cedric. Here we go. There's that lift and popping. All right. So we get in the car and realize the car's not going the same way that it's been going. And uh, that we normally go, we're not taking the same route. And now we're getting on the freeway and we never got on the freeway to go to school trying to figure out what's going on. So from the back seat, I popped up and said, what's going on? Where are we going? And my mom and my dad kind of looked at each other. Should we tell them? Yeah. We have a surprise for you today. My brother and I looked at each other like, Surprise? Wait, it's, it's, it's midweek. What's go to school? What's, what's the surprise? And now our minds are, are clicking on anything that possibly could happen. Anything that's going to be, this is going to be amazing. Oh my gosh, what's happening? And they said, well, we're going to Disneyland. And I thought, we, my brother and I, that, of course, we erupted in cheers. We were so excited. We're on our way to Disneyland. We're singing the Disneyland song in the background, which is totally impromptu on the moment in the background. We're having a great time. And then just a few minutes later, because we were only like 30 minutes away from Disneyland, we came across this sign, Disneyland, the happiest place on earth. And for us, we were filled with joy as we drove by that and into the parking lot that used to be there before. Now there's all sorts. Now there's California Adventure. And so we got there and we got to go in and remember you get through the turnstile and my parents started going through and you can see the train and you can hear the whistle. You start walking down Main Street, you can smell the popcorn. There's the kaleidoscope music playing and there's the castle. And it was 
going to be amazing. And it was a great day where we definitely, uh, we, we, we went all over the park. We did all sorts of stuff. We rode all the rides, all the favorite things that we got to do. And even better, the thought part that was even better than anything else was I knew that all of my friends were sitting in class at school and I was not. That brought me great joy. And then we were doing back there. But what happened is, is, is toward the end, of it, you know how you get, your legs start to get a little tired. You start to get a little tired. It was, it was kind of warm out. And so we finally, towards the end of the day, we were a little bit whooped. And we went to this ride called America Sings. Does anybody remember America Sings? America Sings was a ride where you would get on this ride and, and you would sit in it. It was like seating. And you would sit down like it looks like stadium type seating. And you would sit down in this seating. And these characters would come to life. And, um, and they would sing songs from different periods of American history and then uh, when they were done singing in their section you would shift and what happens the stage would stay put but you would rotate in a circle to the next phase and then the next phase and the next phase. so you would make it all the way around and I still remember to this day the very last one uh, it was it was the it was the current music it was 70s music and as they started singing I think it's a song by Three Dog Night Joy to the World you guys remember that song Joy to the World all you boys and girls, joy to the fishes in the deep blue sea, joy to you and me. Dun, dun, dun. Jeremiah was a, he was a good friend of mine. I'm not going to sing the rest of his song, but wine apparently was playing at his joy. But all you do is say it was great. I love it. And you know what? I was thinking about that as we were getting ready today. And I was thinking like, man, joy, joy, joy. What was kind of a really joyous time in my life? And I'm like, that day was filled with joy. And we heard that song, Joy, because that's what we're going to be talking about today. So if you got your Bibles, um, we're going to be looking at this idea as we lit the third candle, which is the Advent candle of joy today. We're going to look at joy. So if you got your Bibles, open up, please, to Luke chapter 2, Luke chapter 2. And we're going to start with verse 8, and we're going to go through verse 11, and I'm going to switch out and put a mic on here. So, guys, open that up. If you're at home, you can still hear me a little bit. If you're at home, open your Bibles as well, okay? Oh, man. See the, the, check, check. Here we go. We good? No? We're not good? Kind of? Kind of good, not good. Hello? I'm not muted. Am I muted? Uh, sound guy. I love it. Okay. Well, while the sound guy makes his way up there, and we're going to go to the book of Luke, chapter 2, verse 8 through 11, and this is what we're going to leave. If you got your Bibles, please stand with me as we read out of God's words today. So here we go. That night, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified. But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid. He said, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. All right. Okay, so now I can do this without hands because I can't talk without hands. 
uh, I've always been that way. And you want to get me shut up, just make me sit on my hands. So there we are. We're, one of the things is we're getting at, and we, this is the same passage that we looked at last week. And as we look at it this week, though, I want to look at and key in really on verse 10 today. Because the angel reassured them, don't be afraid. We kind of covered that last week. But he said to them, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. Great joy is going to be coming in this news. And the news, of course, is Jesus has been born. The Messiah is here. The Lord, the one you've been waiting for, he is now with us. And that means we need to understand that Jesus came to bring real joy. Now, I say that real is important because there is fake joy and there's real joy. In fact, if you think about this, there, when we look at this idea of joy, a lot of times we confuse joy and happiness. Happiness and joy. We think they're synonymous, and there's some similarities, but they're not the same. And what I want to do is I want to look at some differences here between happiness and joy. And we often confuse the two of them here because Jesus came to bring us real joy, not real happiness. And let's take a look at that. What's the difference between happiness and joy? The first difference is this. Happiness is an emotional feeling while joy is a state of being. Happiness is an emotional feeling, and joy is a state of being. Happiness is an emotion that you feel. For example, that morning when my parents said, we're going to Disneyland, you know what I experienced? Happiness. I was so happy. I was happy that I was going to Disneyland. I was happy I was not going to school. I was so happy. It was this emotion that kind of overcame me. That's what happiness is, okay? Uh, and in the same way as that evening as that day went on and our, you know, you ever get to one of those lines and all of a sudden you realize the line is really, really long and your feet are tired and you're a little kid and you start complaining, well, I'm not happy anymore. Now I'm feeling something different, right? So happiness is emotional feeling, but joy is something different. And if you look at what biblical joy is really centered on, if you look at the Greek and the Hebrew, it's more of a, a human condition than it is an emotion. It's something that becomes embedded deep within us that becomes a part of our nature, of our being, of who we are as followers of Christ. It's, it's a state of being that, that finds its source in Jesus. Not in things outside, not in things that create that, but in Jesus himself. Joy is not what we feel, although with joy in you, there, it, can, it can create emotions that come from that, but the joy is not an emotion. It's this thing that is deep down within us. It's this deep inside contentedness and gratitude. And this leads us really to our next difference, and that's this. Happiness is externally driven, while joy is internally produced. Okay, Happiness is internally externally driven joy is internally produced so for example we go to disneyland it's, it's kind of like a cause and effect thing more than anything else it's, it's you, so we, like i said we went to disneyland uh we had you hit one of those lines that's a short line and you get to get right on and you're happy and you feel it it's externally driven when it's time to eat something i say dad can i have the churro and he actually says yes you can have a churro Woohoo! I'm feeling happy that churro that external thing that cause affected me and created happiness within me when the churro was gone, I was now sad because it was the external effect that happened on me, okay? So it's, it's this thing. It's this cause and effect. Something happens to you, and then it creates that emotion, that happiness is in us. But then that happiness can come and go, can't it? Emotions are affected by our external circumstances. 
you've had emotions today, haven't you? You had an emotion this morning when your alarm went off or didn't go off. For those of you who make it to second service because your alarm didn't go off. You had an emotion as you, you were getting dressed this morning and uh, you, you probably had emotions as you looked outside and saw that it was rainy and it was cold. There were a lot of different emotions. We go through emotions all the time, thousands of emotions every single day. We have those. They are constantly changing and they're, a lot of them are externally, they're externally driven. Something happens, we have an emotion that reacts to those things. But joy is a little bit different than that. Because see, like I said, this happiness, it, it's ever-changing and it's really unstable. Which is, by the way, like yesterday, um, I, I did the wedding. I did a wedding for, for Chris and Sherry um, Hopkins now. And um, as we were doing it, one of the things that we do is, is that relationship. We're talking about this love relationship. Love is not an emotion either. Okay? And so I'm like, if you base your relationship, if you base your marriage on an emotion, your marriage is in trouble. Your emotion will change. You are not always going to feel it. I hear that sometimes from people. It's like, ah, oh, I'm just not feeling it. Like, well, good thing it's not on feelings, isn't it? No, 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 no. Love is, 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 is much deeper than that. And the same thing is true when it comes to happiness. Happiness is, is unstable and it's constantly going. And a lot of us, we seek that. We want to try to sustain happiness, but happiness is unsustainable, right? That is unrealistic to think that you can sustain happiness 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, forever. You can't do it. You really don't want to do it either, right? But it, it's very true. It's ever-changing and it's unstable. But joy is internally produced. It is something that is deep within us. Joy is what we call one of the fruits of the Spirit. Fruits of the Spirit being what? Joy, peace. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. Okay, so it, it's in the list of these, these fruits of the Spirit. And so what happens is Jesus produces in us, Jesus in us produces joy in us. When Jesus comes into our heart, when you give him control of your life, you surrender your life and he comes into your heart. We talk about that being in our, ask Jesus into your heart. It's, it's, it's really, it's that center part of who you are. The very center core of who you are. The heart of who you are. You give that to him and he is now the Lord of your life. The center. Everything revolves around him. What happens is Jesus enters and when Jesus came to bring joy, when Jesus is in your life, guess what? It starts to produce joy at the center of our life. Regardless of our circumstances. Right? Because it doesn't matter if my team wins the World Series or not. If the team wins the World Series, Jesus is still at the core of my life. If my team gets knocked out early in the first round, he's still the center of my life. That doesn't change. If I go to work and I'm having a great day and they give me a promotion, woohoo! that's external. Jesus is on my heart. If I walk into church or walk into work and they fire me, whoo, that's a bad day. Jesus is still inside me. You see, my external circumstances don't change what's deep down inside of me. That doesn't change. We can have joy, which what means now is you can have joy all the time. You can't have happiness all the time, but you can sustain joy in your life because it's produced by Christ in your life. It's why Paul will come along later on in Philippians, and, and he writes to them this, Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Be joy-filled. This is what he's saying. You can always be full of the joy of the Lord. You can't always have happiness, but you can always be filled with joy. And I love the idea of this because you think about this, full of joy. If something is full, think about your cup, right? You have a cup. Uh, one thing we've done is we've been moving, and one of the first things we had to kind of figure out was where did I put the cups? And uh, the first box I opened up that had cups in it, it has my Dodger cups. Every time I go to a Dodger game, I bring Dodger cups home. And so I literally have, we have more Dodger cups than China. 
and they're much more classy. <laughs> Anyways, but they wear out in October sometimes. I don't know. Uh, so, I would get, so I'm trying to find it. And what you do is you got this cup, right? You have the cup, and what happens is what you fill the cup. When you want your cup to fill, to fill the cup, you put it on what side of the cup? You put it on the inside, right? You take your cup, you fill it in, and your cup gets full, 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 full. And if I put too much in, that starts to spill out. Now, I don't do is I don't take it and I don't pour it on the outside of the cup, do I? Why? That's not where it goes. Okay? Joy is not something that you put externally because joy, when you're to be this idea of being filled with joy, it's something that is deep within you. And it, this is the context that it's trying to allude to here. May you be filled with joy. Always be full of joy. May joy be within you is what Paul is talking to these people because that's because Paul knows exactly where it comes from and where it is. It's Pastor Greg uh, Surratt in his book, uh, The DNA of Joy, he says this. He says, joy is gladness and contentedness flowing out of a wellspring of God's faithfulness and mercy, independent of our circumstances. I love this idea. It's, this, it, it's like this wellspring. It's this like spring that you've tapped into. You've got something inside of you that is producing this joy, this contentedness. The, 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 there's this, this gladness that's right within you and it is ever flowing. And the idea is that that is going to continue to fill, 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 fill you up. And it's independent of our circumstances, which means the things that go on around us, again, don't dictate whether we have joy or not. It's why we can, you can look at somebody who's going through very difficult, very challenging, very heartbreaking, very painful situations and circumstances, and they can still thrive and live. And you look at it, how can you be okay in the middle of this? How can you have this? What's going on? You're like, well, because I've got Christ. Because my hope is with him. My peace comes from him. My joy comes from him. All of those can't be taken away by the world. All of those can't be taken away by, by the government or, or by circumstance or by something that's happened. There's no law that you can pass. There's no edict. There's no TikTok meme that's going to make it go. You can't touch it. Now I'm, now I'm quoting MC Hammer. You can't touch this. Okay. <laughs> It's in here. You can't, it's, it's in there. It's independent of our circumstances, which is huge. Because a lot of times as Christians, we operate with this idea that my joy can be taken at any moment. That if this happens, my joy is going to go away. So I protect this so that my joy won't go anywhere. Your joy is not going anywhere if your joy is in the Lord. We don't have to worry. We don't have to fret. We don't have to overthink it. We just have to receive it. Joy is independent of our circumstances, which is so crucial, so huge. Which brings us to the last one, uh, is this. What is the difference between it? Happiness is insecure. Joy is confident. Happiness is insecure. Joy is confident. Happiness, guys, it is a moving target, isn't it? What makes you happy as a six-year-old is not the same thing that makes you happy as an 18-year-old, which is not the same thing that makes you happy as a 32-year-old, which is not the same thing that makes you happy as 50. It changes, doesn't it? I mean, just think about your wild nights out when, as you get older. What makes you happy? What's a happy night out? Can I just sit on the couch? Can I take a nap? We have a hotel room, honey. It's you and me, hotel room. What do we do? Let's take a nap. That's why that brings me so much happiness. Why? Because it changes. It's a moving target at all times. And emotions come and go. We know this. Emotions fluctuate and change all the time. And in, to maintain happiness, you always have to feed it, don't you? If you want to sustain happiness and will always be unhappy, you always have to find something because it will always want more. 
Your happiness will always need a new thing to feed it, to make it go. And, and in fact, this is why the psalm, uh, the, in Proverbs, it, it says this. It says, just as death and destruction are never satisfied, so human desire is never satisfied. No matter what things we chase to try to evoke happiness in us, they will always be fleeting because our desires are never satisfied by the things of this world. Not happening. And you know this, don't you? You can think of times when you thought, I'm going to chase it. I'm going to chase this. I'm going to chase that. I'm going to try this. I'm going to try that. I've heard this brings happiness. I'm going to go for it. And you go for it and you're like, huh, that's not what it cracked up to be. So I'll try this. Oh, that's, yeah, oh, okay. Well, that was good for a moment here. But, uh, yeah, I need to chase more. So we keep chasing, we chase, and we chase. And a lot of us, we spend life. In fact, look at our world. Our world is chasing the happy, isn't it? Whatever makes you happy, go do it. And so people do it. But the happiness is always fleeting. It never satisfies. Joy is different than that. See, I'm sorry. Today's contentment quickly becomes tomorrow's complaint, doesn't it? What makes us content, day one, the next day we're always like, I want more. I want more. I want more. I need more. See, on the opposite, joy is confident. Joy is from, comes from God. Remember, it comes from Jesus being deep down within us. So it comes from God. And God never changes. Scripture tells us that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So what we have is in, in God, we have this constant source of joy, which means our source of, joy, source of joy never changes and never runs out, which means when you seek and you follow an unchanging God, you receive an unchanging joy. It is so good to know and should be so reassuring and so confidence building in us that we can understand that what God was yesterday is the same as he is today. And it's going to be the same as he is tomorrow. While the rules and the, the, the morals and everything is changing out there of what's acceptable, what's not acceptable, what's right and what's wrong. What is, everything out there is very subjective and constantly fluctuating, changing depending on who's in charge and who's got the influence. God doesn't change. Doesn't change. I don't care what brilliant ideas are thrown out there. Our God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we can count on that. So you don't have to wake up every morning and go, I wonder what he's thinking today. Yeah. All right, okay, God, what, what's, what's right and wrong today? He's like, oh, it's the same. Oh, same. Okay, all right, well, I'll, I'll see you tomorrow. And the next morning you wake up. Okay, God, what, what are we doing? How, is it, anything change? Sorry, no addendums, no upgrades, no, none of that. You don't have to reboot your, nothing. You're good. And the same. We can count on that, and that's huge for us. When we seek this un and follow an unchanging God, we receive this unchanging joy. So we understand that this joy, what this joy is, what this, it's not this emotion, it is really, it's this deep down thing within us. And we know that it's not changing, but we need to understand that we need to receive the gift of joy. It's available for everybody. Remember, I bring you good news that would be, bring great joy to all people. It's available to anybody and everybody. Anybody who would want it, Joy is available, but it's only found in one place. It's found in Jesus. Jesus is the gift of joy. So how do we receive this gift? If Jesus is the gift of joy, how do we get this? How do we receive this gift of joy? Well, in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13, we receive joy by receiving Jesus. 
Remember Jesus came to bring joy? You put joy in your heart, he becomes center of you. That's how you receive it. How do we receive this? This is what it says in Ephesians. Paul says, And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. You were included in Christ when you heard the message, when you heard the good news. When somebody came and brought you the good news and you heard it for the first time. I still remember for me, I was in grade school and I was sitting about right there, right in this area. And I remember the pastor was preaching and I could not tell you a word that he said. But all I knew was I heard the Holy Spirit saying, come. And Randy Lansford reached up and put her hand, my Sunday school teacher, put her hand on my shoulder and she goes, do you want to go forward? She must have seen it on my face because I sure didn't say anything. And I said, uh-huh. And I went down to an altar and knelt and gave my life to Christ. When I heard the good news and the message and received it, something happened. This is what happened. Jesus, I received Jesus into my life. And you know what happened? It says this. It says, when you first believed, when you believed, you were marked within him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. When you and I received Christ, we received the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is now present with us, operating with us, working in our lives. People say, I, don't, I pray, I really want the Holy Spirit. Have you received Jesus? Yes. The Holy Spirit's with you. All right, let's move out of the way and let the Holy Spirit do the work in you. Because by receiving this, by putting our faith in Jesus, by trusting him and receiving him as we get this Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit in our life does stuff. The Holy Spirit in our life produces things. In fact, one of the things it produces is it's called fruit. We talked about that a little bit earlier. Fruit of the Spirit. In Galatians, Paul helps us understand what that is. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. This is what the Holy Spirit in your life will produce. You don't even have to try to make it happen. The Holy Spirit starts doing this work in you, and all of a sudden, where there was no joy, joy begins to appear. Love begins to appear. It transforms you, transforms lives. That's what the Holy Spirit does when he enters in our life. This isn't like a mind over matter. This isn't like a mental exercise that you have to do to go, I will be more patient. I will be more patient. No, what's going to happen is he's going to give you opportunities to be patient. And then the, his strength will be in you. And you're going to find yourself becoming more patient. I don't know about you, but I look at this and I go, Holy Spirit, you still got work to do in me. I look at some of these and I just think back, back to, to this last week. And I'm like, okay, okay, I, I know what we need to work on this week, God. Okay, okay, Holy Spirit, this is what I want to produce. Oh, Lord, please. Help me grow, help me grow. And he goes, okay, I'll help you grow. We're going to give you some exercises. Patience, all right, I'm going to give you children. They're going to help you learn patience. I'm going to put people in front of you that even though the speed limit's 55 miles an hour, they will go 12. <laughs> patience now, patience now. <laughs> right? He gives it to it. There's this work that comes in, but one of them that he does, one of the fruits that comes out of the Holy Spirit just naturally being in our lives that changes our being is joy. It's one of those things, like we said, that is produced in us. It's one of the fruits that we receive from that. It, you can't manufacture joy. You can't. We try, but what are we really doing? We're chasing happiness. We can't manufacture joy. We have to receive joy, and it's only found in Christ. And it is an essential component of a follower of Christ, of a disciple, that joy that comes from the Lord, the joy that becomes our strength, the joy that comes from him, the world looks at it and they don't get it. Huh? 
Oh, did you get a new car? Oh, you get a tax return. You got a bunch of money in tax. How are you? How, what, what? They don't get it. Because they don't understand. With Christ in our heart, with Jesus in us, the Holy Spirit produces this joy that changes everything. And it's produced with a, in us for a reason. There's a purpose for this joy. It's not just so that we can go, hey, I got joy. Isn't this cool? Check. I got the joy. Joy, joy, joy down in my heart. Today. I'm not singing it. Okay? But he produces not only for us to just have it so we can say we have it. He produces this joy in us because we need to share it with the world. We get to share the joy and we need to share the joy. It's a privilege to be able to carry that joy within us and everywhere we go to allow it to spill out and overflow on the people that are around us. That we could speak joy into people's lives. We have this privilege. We get to go and share this joy, but we also need to share this joy. Look at our world. Look at the desperate treadmill seeking joy, settling for happiness that doesn't satisfy. And yet we have it in us. We need to make sure that we are out there sharing joy with the world. Well, let's look. Let's look at the first people that came across Jesus. This is what we said. Okay, in Luke chapter 2, 15, it says this. When the angels had left them and gone into the heavens, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. Remember the first people that get to see Jesus. They're the first people that get to see the mess, the good news in flesh and blood right there before them, who was lying there in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what they had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds had said to them. What did they do? They spread the word. This good news that we have that brings great joy, it's not just for us to have. We need to go share it with those that are around us. It's interesting, just this concept here, just this, this story of the shepherds and, and Mary and Joseph and baby Jesus, as we looked at this here, it was the inspiration for a, another song. One of my favorite things, I love Christmas music. I got so much grief for that last week. But that's okay. Because this one is the, um, this was actually the, 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 the inspiration behind this week's Christmas carol, which is called Go Tell It on the Mountain. Okay, uh, Go Tell a Mountain, we actually don't know exactly when it was written, but it was at least 1865, and it originated as a spiritual song that was sung by slaves working. In 1907, a guy by the name of John Wesley Work III, this is him right here, uh, he, he put together a compilation of these songs uh, in a compilation called Folk Songs of the American Negro. And later it gained popularity, this song gained popularity uh, as uh, the birth of blues and jazz and rock and roll in the early 20s, uh, really 20th century started hitting. And it's been covered by people like Frank Sinatra and it's been covered by Dolly Parton and Garth Brooks and Ann Murray and a host of other people. Uh, but it was considered a Christmas carol because the lyrics are centered around this passage in Luke chapter 2. And the name of the song is, like I said, Go Tell It on the Mountain. This is what the chorus says. Go tell it on the mountain. 
over the hills and everywhere. Go tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born. And then each of the verses walks through the story of the shepherds and Jesus, Mary and Joseph. That this good news, this Messiah, this, this child has been born. We have this good news. It's there. Go tell it on the mountain. This idea that you're standing on a mountaintop for anybody and everybody here. Let me tell you, Jesus is here. Christ has been born. The Messiah is here. The one who's going to save and change everything. The one we've been waiting for, he's here. And you can receive him. Come meet him. Let me tell you about him. This is this notion. This is this picture that is painted in this story, tell them that Jesus Christ is born. That's the central idea of all this, okay? Is we need to go and share the good news that will bring great joy to all people with anybody and everybody. Now, obviously, as we share the good news, we share it with great gentleness and kindness and love, correct? Maybe we don't grab a, a megaphone and go scream, you're going to hell unless you have, no. We come and we bring it because we care out of love and we meet the people. And so what happens is we need to prayerfully be asking for opportunities. Oh, give me an opportunity, God. Help me know where I can share this. Who can I share this with? Well, give me an opportunity this week. By the way, be careful when you pray for opportunities from the Lord. Because he has this crazy way of answering prayers. And all of a sudden you're going to be sitting there going, oh, i got to share now, huh? Okay. But that's at the very heart of this song. And in Romans chapter 10, uh, verses 14 and 15, this is what Paul writes. This is, how then can they call on the one that they've not believed in? And how can they believe in the one who they've not heard? How can they believe? How could they put their faith in Jesus if we aren't willing to share that with them out there? And how can they hear without somebody preaching it to them? How, how can anyone preach unless they are sent? And as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. How beautiful are the feet who are willing to come out and say, Jesus is here. The Messiah is here. Forgiveness, grace, love, joy is available to you. Let me tell you about it. We need to make sure that we go and share the news of Jesus. It's the very heart of, of the Great Commission. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. Go. Not come, let them come to you. Hopefully you have a good enough looking church and the lights are just right and the sound's good and the worship's kicking and everything's nice. It, it, it's not wait for them to come to you. It's go to them. Go and make disciples. How do you make disciples? Teach them about Jesus. Telling them about Jesus. Becoming more like Jesus. That's what discipleship is all about. It's becoming like the master. How do you do that? You live it out, you tell it. It's at the very heart of where we need to go and share that good news. Which is why Paul will also again in Romans say this. I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy. There's that phrase again, filling you with joy. That internal filling and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. I like this because of the Advent candles. It covers the first three no problem, right? Okay, the source of hope. That was our first candle. Fill you completely with joy. That's the third candle. And peace, second candle. It's wrong order. My OCD is really tripping right now. But I pray that he's going to fill you with these things. How will he fill you with those things? If you receive him, you will be filled with those. He will start filling you. You will be filled and you will be transformed by everything. And you will then what? As you fill up, you're going to overflow 
with confident, not ever changing, confident hope to the world around you. We must receive this joy in our lives. Because remember, you can't give away what you don't have. You can't share what you do not have yourself. Which means you need to be living and dwelling and growing in joy. In order to share it with a world that is desperately in need of. As we kind of wrap this up today, the, the band's going to come out and we're going to sing a song. And, and I just want to just kind of have us check ourselves today just a little bit here. Okay? We, we know that Jesus came to bring us joy, not happiness. Are, are you spending your time chasing happiness? Or are you, sending, are, are, are you centered on the joy that he's bringing? Uh, we know that we can receive this through Jesus. Have you received Christ? Is Jesus at the center of your life? Is he a part of it? Is he one of the accoutrements that you carry around with you as you go about your day? Kind of like your phone. Got my phone, got my keys, got my wallet, got my purse, got whatever it is that you got. Oh, and, and I got my Jesus. Oh, he's just one of the many things I have. Or is he at the center of your life where everything is impacted by him? Your children, your way you parent, the way that you talk with your friends, the way you deal with enemies and people who hate on you, the way you deal with the world. It, does it change the way? Has, is Jesus the center? Does he touch the way you deal with your finances? Does, does Jesus the center of your life? Does that change the way that you look at, at your family and everything around you? Jesus at the center changes everything that has to do with our life. Have you received Christ at the center of who you are? And are you willing to go out and share it? Are you willing to go out and share with somebody? If you haven't received Jesus, especially at Christmas, it's time. Receive the joy. I guarantee you all those ads, all those spam mails that you're getting, everything, every ad that's telling you everything you need to buy that's going to bring you joy, not going to bring it. Only Christ will bring true joy. And all you have to do is put your faith in him. Trust him with your life. It's scary. It, 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 it's life-changing. It's a big commitment. This and like, oh, okay, I got nothing else to do today. Here you go. No, this is a, I'm going to surrender my life to you. And when we surrender our life to him, all of a sudden, the center changes, we change. And it's worth it. And if you got it, who do you need to sit, share it with? We're going to pray here in just a moment. And if you have not received, I'm just going to pray. Just pray along with me. Say, all you have to do is say, Lord, here's my life. I've been chasing these other things, Lord. Here's my life. You just surrender your life to him today. And he will give that to you. He will come in. He will become the center. Well, we're praying that prayer, though, for those of you who have it, I implore you to pray for someone that you can share with. Lord, give me the opportunity this week. Give me someone then give me the courage and the boldness to, to go share it. May I go and tell it on the mountains, not just to anybody, but Lord, bring people across my path that I can share the good news with. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for this day. Jesus, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the fact that you didn't come to bring us this fleeting emotion of happiness, but Lord, you came to bring us joy, deep down joy, contentedness that comes from you and you alone that is completely untouchable by the circumstances that are around us, Lord. Thank you for this amazing gift and that, that you sent it to us through your son that you want us to receive today. 
And so, Lord, for those of us who haven't maybe given our lives to you, Lord, today we just say we're, we need you. We've sinned, God. We're broken. We live in a broken world. And we're tired of chasing after happiness. We want joy. We want Jesus. So, Lord, we give you our life. Come into my heart. Come into our hearts. Dwell in us. And may the fruit of your Holy Spirit transform and change us as we produce fruit eternally. Lord, thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you for your grace. Help us this week. Help us as we begin this journey, Lord, of following you. journey of having our lives transformed and changed. And God, as we have this message of joy within us, may we share it. Give us eyes to see people the way you do. Give us, give us senses that are uh, intent, uh, attentive to, to the needs of the people that are around us, of people being open and receptive. Lord, I pray that you would bring people along our paths this way intentionally this week in order for us to share the good news with them. May we point to you. May we glorify you. May we bring attention to you this Christmas season. And when the opportunity comes, Lord, give us the boldness and the courage we need to step out and share this good news. Oh, how beautiful are the feet of those that bring good news. May we be those feet this week. May we go and tell it on the mountain and everywhere that Jesus Christ is Lord. Your name we pray. Amen.